Hello, everyone, and welcome back to uh, Marlon's Corner uh, over the special review. We'll be going over the recent Candyman film that just came out. Of course, it's Candyman by uh, none other than uh, Nia DaCosta, uh, which is an amazing film off top. I'm going to start with some non-spoilers before I get right into those spoilers. So just so you know, this film is everything that I hoped it would be. It was scary. It was informational. Uh, but yes, if you are new to the Candyman film series, you should know that this uh, 2021 uh, Candyman film is a sequel to the 1992 version Candyman. And if you are uh, a, a fan of the Candyman film series, you also know that the math doesn't add up because there were two other not sequels, but two following films that came with the Candyman series. However, Candyman is doing something similar to Halloween, where they decided to um, make a sequel while ignoring the other Halloween movies that happened to uh, follow the uh, that first, of course, big version of that movie. So this film is following a similar uh, path. Candyman and Candyman are a original and a sequel. So just know that going into this, if you need to watch any Candyman film, you need to watch the 1992 version, which, of course, you absolutely should. Uh, it is still a really great piece of uh, horror cinema, so check it out. And, of course, Notoriously was known as not being a uh, grossly successful film. It, it didn't, like, gross well when it came out, but it is a horror cult classic, so you should definitely check that out. Um, the lore of Candyman is as follows. It's about a uh, son of a slave who grew up to be a well-known artist, uh, and while he's out there painting a portrait for some wealthy whites, he falls in love with the daughter of one of them, and once the father finds out, he sends a lynch mob after him. They cut off his hand, they stick a hook on his hand, and that, like, and the amputee they cut off, they slather him up in honey, have bees sting him to death, and then, of course, they, you know, burn his body uh, as well. And it just was uh, this really horrific scene, uh, which inspires all these horrific acts to uh, kind of Follow whenever you say this man's name five times. Now, in the OG film, we, of course, follow Helen Lyle, who's this white woman who wants to know more about uh, black like the black symbols and uh, this 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 black lore of Candyman. And she gets involved in trying to figure out who this person is. And by doing so, she gets roped into uh, the Candyman drama. She, of course, um, is around. And because she's investigating it, uh, those around her wind up being uh, murdered because they're also involved in uh, the, the Candyman story that she is becoming obsessed with. And at the very end of that first movie, she, of course, um, burns in a pyre after having saved um, a child uh, that the Candyman wanted for himself. She, of course, dies in that fire. And what's strange is that at the end of the first movie, Helen Lyle becomes almost uh, Candyman like herself. She becomes a part of the folklore. If you, if you watch the first movie, you notice that at the end of that first Candyman in 92, um, her husband, who cheated on her, says her name five times, and she kills him with a hook. So that was dope. But sadly, they don't connect that to this one at all. They're mostly focusing just on Candyman. Helen Lyle is mentioned, but we don't really see her. We hear her voice, and that is credit to her being in 
uh, that kind of aspect of the film, but more or less she's not uh, really brought in uh, as much, just her name is brought up in her voice. But now we're going to run into some spoilers, so again, be ready for that. Just so you know, really fun film. I took my fiance, and she was fully like knees to her chest in her seat next to me, afraid of a lot of things, so that was really awesome. Um, what I love most about this film, not only is the amazing um, female black director, but also the fact that Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw monkey paw production got involved and like honestly i am really all about monkey paw production they're doing an amazing job of bringing uh, just black storytellers into the horror world and i just love it like it's just it's fantastic uh, what i do love about this Candyman film is um they're focused not only on just reminding you who this person is and his backstory but also kind of uh tying it to uh the trauma that exists within our communities and how it translates into power for the Candyman. So in this film, we have the amazing Yahya Abdul-Mateen and uh, Tayana Paris in it. Yahya plays uh, Anthony McCoy and Tayana plays Brittany Wright. Uh, They, of course, are an artistic couple that moves into Chicago, into this very uh, gentrified area. This one does an amazing job of talking about race relations in this area. Um, They have a, a very mixed group of friends, white and black, but the white friends are most noticeably uh, very uh, allowed with their microaggressions. And we get the first tasting of um, how trauma impacts and shapes story. Uh, we get um, uh, Anthony's friend, who's this white artist, tells him that he needs to find his next big piece. Uh, mind you, uh, Anthony McCoy in this, in this movie, uh, his last big piece where he's still, again, tapping into that trauma of being a growing up African-American in America is uh, this uh, image of a noose, a hangsman noose wrapped around kind of two black fists, at kind of symbolizing the restriction and also just uh, the dangers of being African-American, which, again, in this artistic world, his friend is telling him that this is what is expected from black artists. They're expected to tap into uh, this trauma for white audiences because they like it more. And he encourages him to dig into that South Side of Chicago style so they can find something more. You know, he is basically advocating for him to dig deeper into black trauma because it's profitable. And so we have this uh, this uh, theme of trauma being used early on in a way that it's, you know, commodified and specifically connects to uh, Yaya's character, Anthony, because it causes him to further go into uh, this obsession with Candyman because he's trying to find uh, black trauma and there's no greater black trauma than uh, this sort of Candyman and how it hurt this white woman, but more or less how it affected an entire community, community green to where it's uh, haunted. So he goes out and he interviews, he takes photos, and he just kind of presents this uh, this boogeyman, this black boogeyman to the community. Uh, but it doesn't go great. You know, they don't really, they're not really receptive to this lore, this mythos, because at this point in time, it should be noted that Candyman's lore has more or less died down. It really isn't known as much, so they don't really, you know, the white audience doesn't really connect with it as much. At some point, uh, he's in an art gallery, and this white um, review critic is telling him that usually you all are good at this, and he, he of course, presses her and says, who is good at this? She says, artist. But of course, us as the audience can kind of see how uh, she's hinting at, like, usually... 
you know, black artists are good at presenting the trauma in a way that's, you know, more palpable. So again, they're just really showing us that trauma. Uh, we also get a chance to uh, see uh, that Brianna, his girlfriend, is also a part of the cycle of that trauma. Early on, we noticed through her that her father was also an artist, um, and then she happens to observe him uh, as he commits suicide and jumps out of his window in front of her. Um, her trajectory in the art world, she comes to find out, is tied to that backstory. People know about that about her, and that's why they tend to connect her to uh, more of these artistic worlds, because they want to package and sell her story. That trauma sells. And again, we have another example of that black trauma selling tickets and being commodified, and, it, and it's only amplified more once they find out that Anthony, who has become obsessed with uh, Candyman, is um, you know potentially around all this violence. That only adds more to her value in their eyes of, oh, great, you have all this trauma. That's going to sell tickets. We want that. And it more or less, again, it's adding to this theme of how trauma uh, affects the story, but also how trauma affects Candyman. And lastly, a good example of this is we finally get a chance to really connect all these traumas together and the entire story of Candyman uh, as a whole. There is a character that Anthony meets, uh, who is William Burke. William Burke uh, is the uh, historian of Candyman because he meets Candyman uh, or a version of Candyman early on. And we get a chance to really see the power of Candyman. In the beginning of the movie, we see this man who's wearing a similar outfit. He has that brown peacoat and he also happens to have a hook for a hand and he gives kids candy. Uh, in the beginning, William Burke is describing this man um, having been potentially implicated in the uh, selling of razor candies to a little white girl. And everyone's looking for this black man in particular. He happens to be hiding in a wall and he happens to give candy to William. William screams and these white police officers begin coming in his direction. William describes um, this gentleman who he described as being like harmless, describes true fear for the first time across this man's face. And what I think is really impactful and powerful about this story, and a lot of stories with Monkey Paw specifically, is that whenever there is the inclusion of police officers, it more often than not is far scarier than the actual uh, like ghost or boogeyman on the screen. The act of hearing a police siren or seeing the red and blue lights or hearing uh, a a walkie-talkie go off are far scarier uh, than these fictitious creatures we see because that, for the Black community, is real. And that realness is far scarier than what we happen to see. So in this scene, we, we see that William Burks describes how this man was innocent, but he was beaten and shot to death uh, by the police officers who were just trying to put this on him to close the deal because of course he's black, he has a hook, he's dangerous. We're not really giving him due process who's going to put him down. And then we see later on when his sisters, they say Candyman five times, the Candyman that appears to happen to inflict violence upon them is the uh, gentleman that he happened to see. That causes William Burt to somehow become a Candyman fanatic, uh, and he later on leads Anthony, uh, Yaga's character, down the path of realizing that he was the child that Candyman uh, chose in the first Candyman, and he is going to be the new vessel. 
He's going to be the new vessel of this Candyman who's going to be coming into the world for real. He describes that, hey, like, Cabrini Green is the perfect environment, but also there are many Cabrini Greens in America that are the perfect environment for Candyman to thrive because of the repeated acts of violence, the repeated acts of trauma in the Black community make happen to strengthen Candyman. He describes that no matter what they build over this, this this community, there is still this stain that exists that happens to weaken the fabric of that space. It describes it as how if you get a stain on a piece of clothing in the exact same spot over and over again, it doesn't matter how many times you clean it, that spot will never be the same and it will never recover. And it's a great symbology in terms of like the African-American, like the black community, how uh, there is such extreme acts of violence in the community and how as, as much as we try to, uh, you know, give out, you know, positive environment and, and try to adjust things until the root cause of it is, you know, happens to be acknowledged, that state is going to keep repeating and it's going to be harder to just kind of cover it up because it's always going to exist there. But he, of course, gives us that great speech about the stain and then the next biggest, I think, uh, nugget of of just information we get is from Candyman himself. Um, Once um, Yaya's character, Anthony, happens to be murdered by police in a similar fashion to the previous Candyman and to the original Candyman murdered by a lynch mob. And again, the the symbology thing is great between all three Candymen. They're just pretty much murdered by a lynch mob, which happens to be a large white audience who have uh, a, a large white group that have unquestioned power that can kill without question and just say it had to happen. He again is murdered by similar lynch mob, but when he comes back to life, he's summoned. I'm sorry, not back to life. When he's summoned, he's summoned by his uh, girlfriend Brittany, uh, who happens to be in a cop car, who is her. Brianna, who's being threatened by the police officers to uh, change her story, to not tell everyone that they just shot her boyfriend without due process, just to uh, agree that he was dangerous, or they'll blame all the murders on her being like uh, being a uh, an accessory to murder. And so before she could say anything, she summons uh, Candyman, uh, Anthony. And Anthony, as he kills all these police officers, he does this really great scene where he monologues about the power of Candyman. He circles around the vehicle and he describes uh, basically injustice. He describes uh, uh, the pain and the anger of the community. And as he's describing it, he's transforming into every previous version of Candyman that happened to come before the OG Candyman appears. He's going through the car, he's turning into uh, the previous version where the gentleman who had the hook uh, who happened to get candy, he turns into William Burke. He transforms into various versions of Candyman before he finally, you know, plays cat and mouse with his officer and murders him with his hook. And his last decree he delivers to Brianna is, tell everyone. And we get that OG Candyman face, that 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 uh, that that, that uh, Todd. Um, so sorry, I forget his name. That we get that Tony Todd Candyman uh, cameo, where he says, "Tell everyone." The story of Candyman is now going to grow. Uh, and again, this was brought up brought upon because of uh, the acts of violence that happen within the community. 
ultimately it's an amazing film and I'm sure that there are just so many other things I've missed that I could piece apart. But I think for me, just hearing them mention, uh, just variations of trauma throughout the story was just truly impactful and truly amazing. We know that uh, Anthony's mother, um, Annie Marie McCoy, in the first film, she has uh, research and she describes how she tried to uh, distance Anthony from the trauma of Cabrini Green uh, by getting him far away from there. And we know that the trauma catches up to you. We know that if you take in, I believe it's called the uh, the fifth score that um, most African Americans who live or most people of color who live in uh, communities of violence. Uh, those large acts of violence are large and um, being screened against and other variations that happen to come about with living in these communities. They have health factors that catch up with you and it, 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 it dramatically reduces the length of life that a lot of folks can live because of uh, the trauma they're exposed to early on in life. And so this whole story, I think, is just an amazing, uh, just symbolic uh, uh wrap up of how all this eventually comes uh, to irreparably hurt uh, and damage uh, individual members in the community through violence. And so, again, this film, if you see it, tell me what you happen to pull from it. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other uh, write-ups and uh, reviews that find other things to talk about. But I think for me, like that was what really drove home with me. Um, and if you have a chance, definitely check it out. It is an amazing film. Uh, and again, it's one of those films where, yes, there are really uh, scary moments. They're also really just um, sad and kind of thrilling moments. And the only time you'll probably be very scared is when you hear that cop car go off, because that's where we live in. Where, uh, and like in most white films, where you know, if you go back and look at historical like white horror films, you see a cop car, you're thinking, oh, they're finally safe. But in black horror films. You see that cop car and you're like, oh lord, this this could be bad. Like they're gonna hurt this kid. Like this this individual is gonna be harmed by these cops. So it's just an amazing film. Give it a watch. Nia DaCosta did an amazing job. Um, this is Candyman 2021. I don't know if we'll get another one. Maybe we'll get. I mean, he, he did say tell everyone. Maybe this is Nia DaCosta giving us some more breadcrumbs. But however else. I loved it. It was fantastic. And if anything, it made me more excited to see what Jordan Peele's next film, Nope, is going to be about. So check it out, y'all. Um, that's been my review of Candyman by Nia DaCosta. Thanks for tuning in uh, to the special review. I'll definitely try to check out some more films because they're finally coming out. And folks are going to the theater. And it's fantastic. But tune in next time in Marlon's Corner. We'll see you back on this side. Have an amazing day. And until next time, I'll be in the corner. Great to Peace. This episode of Marlon's Corner was produced in Richmond, California. 